Welcome to the Comic Shop Drop. My name's Toby Shaver. I'm here with my brother Dave. What's up, Shavy D? How you doing tonight, Toby? Doing good. So excited to be back. We're going to be breaking down our picks for uh, the new com- our top picks for comic book releases this week, as well as some things from the archives. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's just talk about what's going on in the world of. Uh, comic book culture um i have been excited about as you know shavy d i'm a big fan of the arrowverse and i know you're kind of hot and cold on it uh depending on which shows we're talking about but uh i'm pretty excited about what's going on right now so superman and lois is the new show that's starting um next month and so far it's getting pretty decent reviews and they've already kind of gotten in front of things and renewed um Flash, Legends of Tomorrow for um, another season beyond the ones that haven't even started yet. And then they've also renewed Batwoman for an additional season. Um, And that one's just getting started right now. So obviously they have some big plans, but uh, yeah, people are saying good things about Superman and Lois. So I'm kind of going in cautiously optimistic. I mean, I know Superman's a big kind of property for them to take on 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 TV, um, but uh, I think it's going to be a good one. It will definitely be interesting <clears throat> to see if they pull it off. I mean, like you said, it is a big one to take on for TV. Um, you obviously being a, a huge fan of uh, Smallville, uh, which you can oh, talk yeah. about when, when I'm done, but the, uh, you know, th- th- there's a distinct difference between taking on those early years in Smallville that hadn't really even been, you know, developed to that extent previous to that series. You know, there's something I think as, you know, fandom accepts about, you know, that kind of creative license. It's a little Um, easier. There's not as much canon there to mess with and to mess up. Right. Where this is such a you know the time period they'll they'll have to be taking on is such an interesting um you know high stakes proposition so uh so you know i wish him luck i mean i I, i'm you know we can talk more about it as as well as we are right now i mean the like you said before the arrow versus I think you kind of have more of an overall, uh, there's an overall appeal for you with, with, with almost well, all of those shows. I, I've where, enjoyed where it I'm a lot. a lot more hot I, and cold. I've enjoyed especially the, you know, interconnection between the shows and the crossovers and stuff. And I think that there was kind of an opinion that, you know, maybe all of that is dead now because, you know, Arrow ended and then uh, kind of the, the plans for the continuation of that, the green arrow and the canaries that was going to happen. That's, that's done now. That's, that's tanked. Um, Thank you. I think, I think it kind of felt like, you know, everything was, was shutting down. Supergirl was ending after this season, but you know, I think they can turn it around. I think the one, a couple things that this show has going for it. um, The, well, number one, they're, they're going 
to a place that the other Arrowverse shows have not. Like, most of the shows have kind of started out as origin stories, so we've kind of watched the growth of the characters. But this is seeing a Superman that's, you know, already pretty seasoned and, you know, has done a lot of the things that we know of and a lot of the... Um, you know, maybe the big things in canon have already happened in this Superman's past. So, you know, it's not like kind of the new hero. It's going to be more about kind of the kids and, and Lois Lane. But, uh, I also love the, you know, Superman and Lois, Clark and Lois in the show, they already have the chemistry. We've already seen them a lot together on screen, you know, over the last several years in the Arrowverse. And it definitely works. I mean, I was iffy on, on you know, Tyler Hoechlin as as Clark Kent, you know, big time at the beginning. I did not, you know, I wasn't a big fan, but, you know, he's kind of grown on me. And, you know, I think especially the chemistry between the two of them, I think, should really make it work if they if they handle it well i understand where you're coming from and i assume the chemistry of which you speak is has been established that to some degree on supergirl yeah, I mean sure. they've been. Okay. Yeah, I mean on Supergirl and in the in the crossovers, they've been on the other shows and stuff too. So I mean, I've seen, seen them we've seen quite the, a bit of them. I've seen them in the crossovers, and I, I I don't watch Supergirl, so I you know I can't speak to that. But um, yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I'm really not big on her. I, I I'm actually pretty pretty accepting of him. And because, you know, there has to be, like, I mean, obviously this is going to be portrayed as, you know, they're a family now. And they're you're going to be doing the kind of working parents thing or whatever. And, uh, you know, he's not just Superman. He's obviously Clark Kent at the, at the Daily Planet, you know, and she's obviously the Well, I don't know about that. I think... I'm not sure about that, though, because I think the premise is they go back to Smallville, you know, to raise their kids in a more, you know, kind of quiet environment. I I think that's what it is. I don't know that. Okay. Well, then she'll at least. I mean, they may still be doing their jobs, but. Right. Yeah, I was going to say they may very well still be, you know, working for the Daily Planet and just living, you know, in Smallville. I mean, I think they've always kind of portrayed that as. Somewhere that's yeah. geographically close enough to do that. So I don't know. I mean, some of that, yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't, I just don't care for her. I, I you know, I, I don't know if you ever watched the series Grimm, but she was in that series and I didn't. No, I didn't, I've never seen oh, her in my, anything else other than, yeah, than Arrowverse I, I, stuff. I didn't care for her and I really don't like her in the, in the crossovers that I've watched within the Arrowverse, but I really actually surprisingly not just accept him as Superman, but I kind of like his version of Superman because like the first time I, the the first time I saw him on uh, one of the crossovers, like, you know, I thought he was almost, you know, I wasn't sure if he was maybe going for a little bit of like aloof or maybe even a little bit of like, you know, timid, like almost like, you know, like has to handle everything like glass and stuff. 
But over a few of the crossovers, I think I've I think it's established where you know I could buy him as a Superman that has been through some of the ringer already and is now just walking a little more reserved. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that would play well to uh <clears throat> excuse me. That would play well to a it's time to step back to Smallville and uh have the family and and and, and do things like that. Um so it's I'm not be saying interesting that the show, to see the show how might they, not have potential, but I, I'm interested to I see hope. how they set the table for it, though, because like in the in the timeline of what happened, you know, they had gone back to uh, uh, Argo City or whatever, Argo, I guess, planet at that point um, for her to have a baby, you know, because she couldn't do it on Earth because, you know, the baby would basically tear tear its way out from the inside um you know once it (laughs) once the sunshine started to get through or whatever but uh you know then crisis happened and then when that all ended you know basically when when all the timelines got reset or whatever um now they had have twins and they're teenagers so, like, that was a change, you know, and they have a little nod to it at the end of Crisis where, like, you know, she says something about it. I think we talked about it on a podcast in the past, but, uh, you know, he almost makes it seem like he's just finding out about it in this post-Crisis world. So I don't know if that's the case either or if they're going to even, you know, acknowledge all of that. Because um, it does seem kind of strange that they would already have teenagers that, you know, just... So is that, <laughs> is that what it is then? Well, is that's that what, what you... it was. That's that's what it definitely was at the end of Crisis. It started out that it was just, you know, one baby, a baby boy that they had had. And then once everything happened and all the shit hit the fan and the heroes saved the day and... You know, Oliver made his sacrifice and every all of that happened. And then, right. you know, at the end, you know, there's just when they're kind of showing when they're showing where everybody ended up, you know, right. you see him, you see him kind of flying somewhere and like Lois calls him and she's like, uh, yeah, I need you back here. You know, there's something going on with the kids and and she's like your sons and he's like my sons you know so like they definitely played it for the fact that you know he seemed I mean, surprised what, about it have, so what i'm asking is do you know on the show what is the status i mean is it is it going to be two teenage boys or is it oh, it, it definitely is two teenage boys i'm my my oh, speculation okay. is whether they're going to address the fact that that was a change to the timeline because the way it happened in crisis is you know those though i think it might have included lois as well because she was kind of in there but definitely the seven like paragons that they called them or whatever that that kind of saved the world save the universe they were the like the ones that were in it 
like are aware that things changed and and they know about like yes like they know yeah. the difference they're aware of what happened Clark Clark and Lois can't know for the store for the sake of the story it seems maybe. like it I mean it, well it they seems can't like that they can't possibly know because if they did it would damage the relationship with their children I mean as 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 writers you couldn't make them you couldn't have that detachment built into the to the story because i mean it, it would well, be problematic I mean, I mean, funny, but, but the only thing i think no, no, though beyond is problematic it, think think of like the think of click for instance i mean not to get you know not to pull out a, like a cheese ball movie but like the idea of you know going through the motions you know the idea of you know if you're not the one that was there for the you saw them at you know six months, and now they're sixteen. That's not acceptable, unless you were there with them the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, except except that it's it's not it's not Lois that doesn't remember. It'd be Clark that doesn't remember, and you know, yes, that would be. A weird thing, but like that is something that like the was seven he part of, of the them, seven? That's the seven of the, that's something that happened. You know, whatever number of people it was that were part of that, oh, that's yeah. something that happened God. to them, and they're aware of it. I mean, the same as like on yeah. on Flash after no, that's he created legit. Flashpoint. You know, You're he was aware right. of it. You're absolutely right because. Uh... Because, but um, that could be a plot point of the story—the fact that you know Clark is aware that no, for know, sure that this is a product of a timeline change and you know all that I, I, reality. I completely collapsing. forgot. I completely forgot that he was part of the seven, and actually, that that would be a great storyline because that's one of the things that I not only have always absolutely loved about the St- Superman character, but specifically what I said earlier in this conversation about how this actor is portraying the Superman is, you know, that's just one more giant burden to heap on your shoulders. Like, yeah, the, like the idea of, you know, again, if it was just all of a sudden, both he and Lois went from, you know, having a baby to having, you know, uh, older teenagers or older kids there's just too much of like ways that you can think of time would have been cheated from those kids. But like if she's fully invested the whole time and you know that there, you know, there's a level of healthy upbringing to it. So it is a legitimate, like, you know, family situation, but Clark now has the burden of, you know, he's the one that missed out. You know, these kids are still healthy Lois is right. still happy and healthy and loved and, you know, whatever. And, you know, now it's just him that he gave that up for the world or for the universe. So, for sure. Just that, one of a, many sacrifices cool. the dude's made, right. you know. Correct. So, I mean, so I thought perhaps you were speaking of, like, that they both were unaware. And I don't think that would have worked. But if he's just if – he, if he just won, like, again – is the man of steel and just has to, you know, plant his feet and bear it, then that's, uh, you know, the, yeah. that, that could be a legitimate plot 
Well, I'm not 100% because, like, and just to be clear, like, he wasn't one of the seven paragons. Supergirl was, but he wasn't. But he was part of that fine. Like, my, my, my impression was that everybody that survived, everybody that survived to the end of Crisis remembers that it went down. Everybody that didn't survive has no knowledge of it other than, like, you know, in the the remainder of the season of each of those shows, they let certain people in on it and stuff. Like Team Flash all knows about it and stuff. But basically, when it ended, everybody that was alive remembered. Everybody that was dead did it. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll, well see. Hey, Godspeed to them because uh, I love Superman. So any, any way you can do that as long as you're doing it well. I just, uh, you know, like I said, I have my... My misgivings, but you know, maybe. Hey, did you I'll, see I'll the definitely... guy that they that they cast as Jor-El? No, I haven't. I haven't looked into it at all because, again, you know, like we've talked about. I, I mean, I really hold Flash as one of the greatest shows. You know, I everything has different flavors. You know, like the Marvel uh, series on Netflix are. A, more distinctly darker, you know, street level, gritty, you know, there's a way they do that. The idea of, you know, you know, Flash is a character that's genuinely in the pantheon. You know, I mean, even Supergirl is as powerful as powerful as she is, you know, she's not Flash. She's not, you know, uh, one of the seven founding members of the Justice League, you know, type of thing. So, the idea that they in that series did such a wonderful job and you know it's part of it is just a fabulous cast and you know good writing and you know obviously if the flash character is just a you know wealth of awesome stories and bad guys but <clears throat> one of the greatest things about that show is that great balance of you know, glimpsing the 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 magnitude of his power, but yet, you know, those street or you know, you know, personal interaction level scenes and experiences. I, you know, I just I put that up there with, you know, for its style. You know, up there with a lot. You know, a lot of really great uh, superhero shows. Um, and unfortunately, all the other ones, you know, I could speak to a group of or, you know, handful of seasons here and there within, you know, Arrow or uh, Legends of Tomorrow or some of the other ones. But um, I'm so happy you told me the news about Flash. Not only do they have this season, but they're guaranteed next season and that will be the final season. And, you know, again, Arrow well, they haven't lost necessarily, me. They haven't necessarily said that that'll be the final season. That's more just okay. my assumption, just because it seems like... Well, even seems better. like they're all... Co- like, they're going to want to go out on top. And, like, I think Grant Gustin, I just saw... I just saw him holding up a, a, a ultrasound photo on some Instagram. So, you know, he's probably going to want to go be a dad and... 
You know, I, it's just my hunch is they'll they'll do season eight and they'll a- end it. There. Absolutely, and they and they're and they have eight seasons of like they'll have eight seasons of like twenty three a pop. I mean, that's just syndicate. I mean, that's you know, they're set yeah. for life. That, well, yeah, that, I lo- that, I love that, the show, that, but that I'd rather they go out on on top. You know, I'd, absolutely, I'd rather have a strong season eight than you know a shitty nine and ten. You know. I would love to see that, and uh, and personally, I'm one that just thinks that quality should be rewarded. And again, as much as I like the early, probably first four seasons of Arrow, you know, it really lost me hard at the end. I mean, I I liked all of him in the crossovers, except for the fact that he died like three times in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, well, hey, that, um, DC Comics. <laughs> but but they went off the rails, you know. When they started, I mean, basically, once they introduced like Mad Dog and and you know, I'm not I'm not picking on that character per se, but it started getting, I don't know, I just I everybody's got their styles that they yeah, like. I like. I'm not Wild begrudging Dog, it. So. I really enjoy that actor in the show, though. He was one. He was one yeah, of my favorites. Hey. Don't I? I would. I would never knock again. Even, even in series that we've talked about before, like Titans, where I, I don't have a positive thing to say about any of the stories. I think there's a lot of good actors. I mean, I can't wait to see the one that plays Wonder Girl being something else. Yeah. Uh, well, the reason I asked, circ- circling back, because t- ta- tangent. So, um, the question that I had asked ten minutes ago was, "Did you see the guy they cast for Jor-El?" But the, re- the reason I asked you that was because I know you are a, a Man of Steel fan, as am I. But uh, the guy they got for Jor-El, his name's uh, Angus McFadden. He's a Scottish actor. Serious Russell Crowe vibes. I mean, like the picture that they put of him in all the the stories that you see online. Like if you're just scrolling through, you would think it is is you know, Man of Steel era Russell Crowe. That's great. Well, yeah. So I'm kind of hoping they're doing that because tonally, you know, if if they can match with that show, anything close to kind of like get somewhere in between the Arrowverse tone and the Man of Steel tone, I would love that. I am completely down with, well, Jarrell is a great character. And it's one of those ones that it has to be done a certain way in my book for it to really have its full impact. Now, mm-hmm. unfortunately, we live in a culture that wants to, you know, make young everything. Everything needs to be younger. So, you know, they'll, they tend to make, like, for instance, Especially I like after Man of Steel, you know, with the idea of them being, you know, Kryptonians that decided to go with the natural childbirth for the first time in, you know, hundreds of years, or I think he says. Um, they were a bit older. You know, they, they did this in their 30s, say, versus their 20s. Right. And not only does that give you a... You know where they're they're more measured and thoughtful in having this baby and then having to prepare it and send it into space and so on and so forth, but also when he is speaking to the council and all these things, 
you know, he's a guy that has impact and, and, and his, his words hold weight. And that has to be gotten through not only, say, scientific experience, but like even if you want to write in that he is a, a man like, for instance, in Man of Steel, that is someone that can handle himself a little bit with, a, you know, riding a mount and, you know, handling a blaster and such. That's fine. But don't, as long as you don't step into the whole, like, where you make him too much of an action person himself. You know what I'm saying? Like he, like, like he can, for instance, the scene I, you know, in Man of Steel where he's got to do some stuff to, you know, to, to be, make sure the ship makes it away. Um, You know, there's kind of an implication or, or, uh, uh, you know, I, I certainly felt as if he had maybe spent some time, you know, with a knife or a blaster in hand in the past, you know, out of necessity. Right. Well, so, it's, it's unclear because you don't really, because you don't get any backstory, you don't know if that is a, you know, like a, a day in the life for Jor-El, you know, flying around on the dragon, you know, all of that shit. Or if that is just a man who, you know, would never really be doing these kinds of things, but you know, in this circumstance, but yeah, you're right. He definitely, well, the definitely reason seems ref- to know his way around, you know, well, a the, little action. The re- he has to. And the reason I reference that is again, I, I'm not like in that movie in man of steel. And again, one that we both love so much, you know, he, the way he calls the mount and like, you know, there's just a, plus the, the culture that that's built around where they're, you know, they meet this before this high council and obviously the science holds, you know, very high esteem, but so does the military. So like, I feel like, you know, there's anybody that's holding positions up on that level. There's some, you know, plus the fact that they're obviously kind of created beings, you know, from the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there would be early structure to that where there would, I'm sure there would be martial arts instructions for all children up to a certain age. And then you, you know, it's kind of like how, how they thought communism would work. You know what I mean? Like where, like, well, I wonder, you know, like, you get, I think, I think you, that's you, the you, debatable part is if it would be like you're saying, where, you know, yes, it is very much a, you know, like a caste system, but even more so because it's like genetic and everything. So, you know, there's one argument that would be like, well, you know, maybe like I think you were alluded to that they, they all have just general skills, you know, growing up and then are specialized after that. Um or the other side could be that, you know, because everything is so specialized, maybe that's an argument for the fact that, you know, jor is kind of special. You know, he's one that, you know, was was born and bred to be a scientist, but has gone a little beyond that and, you know, broadened his skill set to be, you know, kind of a badass also. I mean, I get your angle, and I and I like it. But what I, I guess what I, I'm I'm tweaking it a little bit. Where I'm coming from is more of the idea that it's not that they're like say, 
you know, all of them are in some sort of general academy. And then, like, at a certain age, they show aptitude, and then they fine-tune them that way. I mean, like, Zod makes a reference in the movie, something to the effect of, you know, I was, I, you know, I was created to guard Krypton or whatever he says. Right. Um, so, like, I, I can buy that they've all even had some idea of an, a destiny from day one, from, 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 you know, coming out of the test tube or whatever they come out of, the birth sack. Um, but the... What I'm saying is that if you're destined to be, whether it's coming out of an academy or right from birth, if you're destined to be a leader on this kind of level of Kryptonian society, you're getting cross-trained in all levels of everything. And now don't get me wrong, a big giant Zod is not going to have the mental capacity as much to really get into maybe some certain physics or chemistries. But right. there's a hell of a lot of physics and you know physicians, or you know pe- uh, physicists. I couldn't get the word quite quite right. Um, that are actually quite physically fit. You know, I mean, the idea of the geeky, nerdy, tiny scientist is not really nearly as accurate as you know most you know movies or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, uh, you know, we're not talking about gamers. You know, we're talking about like, um, you know, this guy is making decisions for all of society or whatever. You know, you know, he'd be like a, you know, a department of science or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like a department of defense, a department of, you know. Oh, totally. Yeah, I, th- I think that's, you know, probably the way it's, it's intended is that they all have a certain level of of basic skills but uh yeah i don't know i i love man of steel i i go back and watch that a lot like now just talking about it now makes me want to go watch it again you know just kind of from a different different standpoint because i enjoy that a lot of people shit on that first you know 15 minutes or so that's on krypton and i like that part of it i enjoy that little kind of prologue yeah absolutely i i you know, I mean, yes, nothing's ever perfect, and and it's not like you know that material has been explored before. So this is just their take on it, and they right. I and people did get a really people good get there. Exactly, people get all you know butt hurt when you when you introduce the th- you know just because you never knew that Krypton had dragons that you can ride on. Doesn't mean they didn't have it. You just didn't know about it. There's all well, kinds of stuff that happens that you don't know about. You know. Absolutely, and, and I like the idea that you know it's kind of the idea of going in films. In so many ways, we've gone so far to the future, and we've tried to get we've tried to become so sci-fi in some of our thoughts and renditions and interpretations of stuff, and. Uh, I think that's why you get a lot, you know, get more out of an avatar or, or things like that that reintroduce a certain level of, you know, uh, life in with that tech, you know. So yeah. Um, so the uh, right but anyway, before we get completely off the Arrowverse, I just want to say, oh, and oh, I'm sorry. Before we even get to that part. Part of why I say that is not only because, again, I really do think 
Russell Crowe, you know, played a good character. Um, I thought it was written well, and I thought he portrayed a great uh, Jarrell. But it was established, you know, not only, obviously in comics, you know, the father of Superman is going to be drawn, you know, body-wise pretty heroically and such. But, like, even when Marlon Brando played him, you know, he was, you know, a bit... A bigger man at that point, but he wasn't like, you know, you know, like uh, Island of Dr. Moreau type of Marlon Brando. And, uh, you know, with that voice and, you know, the way they had him, you know, the, the, there was just a lot of worldliness, like a man that had seen a lot. And just when he spoke, he spoke with authority. And I just like the idea of that really being established so that you know that is the lineage of Superman. Because Superman, you know, is genuinely all the the amazingly cool and 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 you know and helpful to humanity. The gifts that he is that are bestowed upon him are bestowed upon him by the sun, by the yellow sun versus the red sun. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's due purely to a choice of where they sent him. But right. what is really important, you know, is at least to me, you know, f- from a fanboy stance, is the nature versus nurture and just how, in so many ways, that's what allows Superman to have all that power, all that just ability to change the course of, you know, lives and, and you know, just whatever. I could go on and on. You have this amazing, you know, nature, the, the genetics of coming from, you know, to, you know, uh, Jarrell and Lara. And then especially I like the angle of the natural birth, again, like we talked about, from Man of Steel, but then you're, you know, you hit the jackpot of being discovered by John and Martha Kent. And only by that happening does it allow for this, you know, basically, you know, not spiritual, but physical God to exist, but yet be the you know, be the Clark Kent within the Superman, you know, the, right. I, I, I just, I just love that. I just love the, you know, that's why I love, like we talked about, I think last week, the idea of the, why those Batman Superman stories are so great is, you know, Batman is a man that just because of the needs of his city and, and, and the common man, you know, he is just, tries to be bring his mind, body, and soul to a point of being more than a man. And Superman is the ultimate physical specimen, and all he wants is just a life where he can, you know, have a family and connect and, and be a human being. And, you know, there's just, oh, my God, there's so many stories that can be told in, the, in, in those circumstances as well. But, but anyway, I digress. The point is, is that, and people write it off to just a guy in his underwear flying around, you know? 
Man, good times. They miss it. So, all right. Well, we've got some uh, picks for the coming week in comic books, and we're going to get to those right after this. comic shop drop we got our picks for this week and i've got the dc side of things this week so i'm gonna kick things off shavy d so for right. my new my new release pick this week as i discussed a couple of weeks ago when i was on the dc beat um i'm diving in full steam on uh future state so uh and as you and i have discussed many times on the show uh nightwing that's our boy so uh nightwing number two future state comes out this week um so this is kind of cool so again like we talked about uh a couple weeks ago this is a gotham city around i think 2025 is when future state is supposed to start um you know it's gotham city taken over by the magistrate like the kind of military um you know private police force kind of thing um batman's gone there you know magistrates there to basically shut down anybody with a mask and in these first couple issues of future state nightwing it's basically him kind of joining forces with the new batman that's in town so should be an awesome one it's written by andrew constant um with art by uh nicholas scott so i'm super excited about it i'm glad that um you know, in, in the future state world, you know, we're going to see some Nightwing in Gotham City. I think, you know, the, there's other stuff going on with him in the Teen Titans side of things. But uh, I'm excited to see him kind of, you know, because obviously Dick Grayson's not going to, you know, if we have a if we have a Batman that's missing, presumed dead and Bruce Wayne's gone, you know, Dick Grayson's definitely going to be in Gotham City seeing what's up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Dick's coming back if uh, if Bruce goes down. I mean, Bloodhaven or not, uh, you know, Gotham has to be protected. And uh, yeah, that that's... it says in the description for the for this issue number two, Nightwing will need to call on the full force of his hidden resistance, including two Batgirls, Huntress, and Two Face. So Two Face is on the uh, nice. on the good side of things. So. So I'm excited to see where that goes. The art looks amazing in it. I'm looking at it kind of just some some of the pages from it online. Um, looks sweet. So I'm going to be looking at that one. On the other side of things, into the archives um, over on DC Infinite, which I'm you know growing more fond of every day. I'm telling you, like it, all the movies are gone and the TV shows, but they've added a lot more stuff. It's it's pretty cool to just browse through and see everything that's here. But um, I guess speaking, you know, kind of tying it into what we were talking about, the Arrowverse, um, uh, Ava DuVernay is going to be developing a show for the CW of a character called Naomi, who I am not familiar with. I wasn't up until now, um, but it's like a young teenage girl, 
you know, superpowers kind of thing. So I've heard in the news over the last year or so that that she's developing this show and it's going to be part of the Arrowverse. Um, so I wanted to go back and, and kind of learn about the character. So I'm one issue in on this. This is from 2019, um, written by Brian Michael Bendis and David Walker with art by Jamal Campbell. And I love this. I love this first issue. So basically kind of, you know, it, it's a bit of a mystery at this point in the series. But, you know, without spoiling too much, essentially there's this small town that has this event superman was there you know in a battle um of some kind and like it's kind of the talk of the town and like all the kids at school or you know some of them have video of it and it's you know it's just kind of a big event that happened but there's this young girl naomi who you know has a little bit more curiosity about it and she's asking around about um the last time this happened so i guess like a couple decades ago, you know, there were rumors that something else happened like similar to this, but nobody wants to talk about it. So it's kind of her, you know, mystery to solve. She's adopted. She's, she knows something's weird about it. She has these suspicions. And, uh, basically as the first issue ends, it kind of, you know, she gets her first, kind of real confirmation that she's on the right track, I guess you should say without, uh, uh, spoiling too much, but, um, I'm already all in on this. I'm probably going to binge the rest of what's on DC infinite right away. So I love the idea of this being, you know, just from reading the first issue, I mean, it doesn't go, you know, we don't get to know this character too well yet, but from what I've seen before, I can definitely see this being, you know, weekly, kind of show fitting into the Arrowverse or at least as a CW show even if it's not connected so uh, I'm loving it so definitely check out Naomi number one so uh, you know what her powers are Uh, we don't know yet at this point so you know and I've tried not to you know I want to just kind of enjoy the series so I haven't done a lot of research on the character Um, I'm trying not to spoil it for myself but um, at this point in the series you know, she doesn't even, at least from what they've revealed, doesn't even know know if she has any. I think she's just real suspicious about her her background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would definitely watch that one because that sounds a little more interesting than, to me than some of the other ones. Um, yeah, the, you should read it; it's good. Well, I like the idea of I've seen the cover art on. I believe she had a book of you know titled Naomi um, at some point, you know, I, I, for some reason that registers in my mind. Um, and I like the kind of the storyline that you're, you're talking about. So, so that would, uh, I would totally be, be willing to give that a shot. I, I like the, yeah, it was oh, interesting reading I, it. I, I always, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say in the world, you know, where this is set, it's kind of a cool take. Cause you know, in most of, you know, like the DC universe books that you read, you know, you're seeing the cities and the towns where the action is happening. And, you know, usually everything's happening kind of in these specific areas. So you kind of assume that like everybody in the DC universe has just seen superheroes and they've encountered this and it's just part of their world. But if you think about these, you know, tiny little towns in the middle of nowhere, 
they've never seen any of this. This just happened to be, you know, Superman and Mongol having a fight, and it just happened to, you know, crash through this town. But, like, you know, it's a huge deal there. It's not an everyday thing, like, if you're living in, you know, Metropolis. (laughs) Right, that's certainly an interesting take. And what I like about it is, you know, obviously, you know, like Marvel uh, specifically actually... Spider-Man did a good job with Vulture and the whole, uh, you know, the after effects or the remnants of these giant battles and how that could mm-hmm. have it, uh, havoc on a city and so on and so forth. But what I like about kind of piggybacking on your idea is the idea of, you know, not only could, you know, obviously let's say a Mongol shows up in Metropolis, takes out Superman, and in, in the span of seconds, you know, they could be hundreds of miles this way, that way, you know, plowing through, like you said, whole towns and destroying them. Um, not only the ramifications and the repercussions of, you know, say someone that's idolized a superhero, uh, you know, their whole life um, on TV, never seen one in real life, and next thing you know, it's, they've gone through and killed, you know, 10 of their schoolmates, you know, because they plowed through some, you know, church on a Sunday or whatever. Um, You know, so there's different angles you can go with that. But what I like is an even better thing is the idea of, or maybe not better, but a different thing, is the idea of how much, you could almost do it as a, uh, a status type of thing where, you know, if, like, say, if I'm Superman and I'm, it's Metropolis, then not only am I, you know, trying to prevent bad things from happening and, and damage, but then if they do, after I take care of the bad guy, I'm cleaning up the damage, you know? Right. And that's the one thing about the superheroes, especially in the DC universe, where they're so, you know, their powers are so, you know, gigantic, for lack of a better term. Uh, you know, a, a Flash can whip through and clean up a town or a, or a Superman or a... It's you know, very interesting that you say that, dude, because that's what happens in this issue. You know, the it starts out with, like, just all the kids talking about this thing that happened, you know, a few days ago or whatever, but then Superman shows back up to clean shit up, you know? So then that's another big event, you know, in the town when he came back and, like... Absolutely. You know, so, yeah. That's cool. That's very cool. So they they handled that well. That's um, interesting. So yeah, so check that one out. Um, but I, I think it's going to be good source material. You know, it's a young young woman of color as well, which is definitely good because obviously, you know, we need more representation, especially with like um, original characters. You know, instead of just reworking. You know, old characters, I love to see, you know, something that's going to be, you know, good for young girls out there and stuff. So it's looking well, good. And again, I'll have to look it up. I, but the issue that is, re, you know, registering in my mind, you know, is, is relatively recent. I mean, certainly of the last, let's say, 15 years. So what I like about that, too, is that if it's a recently created character, you know, not only is... It's 2019, that's when that comic it's, came out. Yeah, it's brand new. This oh, this is a brand wow. new character. I, okay, so uh, is the well again? I'll have to uh, I'll have to look at the, um, but that must be what I'm talking about. That that cover. If for some reason it seems like it has been around, but uh, but what I love about that is not only is it in 
obviously very capable hands as far as a showrunner, but like you said, you know, just the, that that potential voice done in a way that's like, you know, especially if it was, you know, again, I was kind of thinking maybe like 2009, something like that. Um, but 2019, then obviously even the person who originally created the comic, you know, did it from a perspective of a, a young woman of color, like, in this modern time, you know what I'm saying? This isn't done, um, you know, it's, it's timely as well as, as, uh, let's just say important, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, so, so yeah, that's exciting. Good. Good. Right. It's, yeah, that, that's (laughs) an important distinction because it's not like, you know, like, okay, let's take, Supergirl, but let's now put her in a modern time and see, you know, that's not as interesting as, as a character that, you know, is created from whole cloth, you know, informed by the world we live in now. So yeah, I like it for sure. All right. So, uh, and we've changed up format wise a little bit starting this week, um, as opposed to the last couple episodes, um, so instead of doing the three comic picks, we're going to do one new comic pick, one from the archives, and then one just wild card, one something else in you know comic book culture thing out there that we saw, whether it's a movie or a show or a product or, or whatever the case may be, um, that we recommend that, that, that we're excited about. So my pick for this week... Um, I love the uh, the Funko Pop dolls. I get them for my kids every year for Christmas, and you know it's kind of a tradition we have. Get them a different one each year, and I've started to pick up a few of my own and started to collect them, and you know hang on to them and stuff. So um, they're releasing now uh, the series from the boys from the Amazon series, the boys, which you and I both love and have done a podcast uh, about as well so um, I'm excited for these to come out it looks like from what I'm seeing it looks like you you have uh, um, Billy Butcher, A-Train, Maeve, um, Homelander obviously, Huey, Starlight, um, (laughs) Translucent which is just kind of like a like an invisible you know, you can kind of see through it and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so that's the first series of those. And, um, I love the, that company Funko. I think that what they have been able to do with licensing, just basically every character, you know, from every piece of IP out there, you know, regardless of it's, you know, Disney Warner brothers, like basically, I don't know how they do it. They're, they're able to just make everything. Yeah, yeah. I bought my son uh, uh, Rick and Morty a couple of years ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. They they have a man. They have an extensive catalog for sure. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I they're think they're, they're fun. Like five, six thousand of them right now. Yeah, they're super fun. I I really like. Uh, you know, I like I like those. I like the. You know, obviously, I like, for instance, the, you know, Batman Black and White series and and things like that that are more. You know you know, snapshots right from the comics, but there's just something, like you said, about kind of just licensing all these different characters and just having a, some certain kind of, you know, a fun, playful format that you put them all in, and, and, and I love right. it. Right, they're their own unique thing, you know, but they're right. all, yeah, I love it. Yeah, so I'll probably sure. have to pick up, uh, I'll at least have to pick up Huey and uh, maybe Homelander. Butcher. 
Man, so, butcher and butcher. Huey. Yeah, I like butcher. He's a little, he's a little cunt. Come on. Oh, you oh I love that. it. You gotta have that kind. So of yeah, so season. Speaking of which, season three, um, they've started shooting season three, so that's coming along. I think Ooh, the last nice. rumor I heard is it's probably coming um, towards the end of the year, like uh, you know. I can deal late with that. Fall, early winter. Yeah, I, I would love that if it came out in 2021. I mean, with the pandemic and everything, if they can get it out by the end of this year, that'd be amazing. Yep, yep. That'll be a nice little podcast for next next fall. All right. So what do you winter. what do you got on your side of things, Shavy D? All right. So I have Marvel this week, and um, they are well. First of all, my pick uh, for new release coming this uh, Wednesday, is uh, X-Men Legends, number one. Uh, I think there's going to be three of them total. This one is written by Fabian Nicieza, I believe. is the, uh, If I butchered the pronunciation, I'm sorry, but that's the uh, we, author. We, we haven't quite cracked it yet. We rehearsed this before the show, but I don't uh, think we quite uh, got it yet. So. I attempted, but that was yeah, that was a that was a toughie for me. But uh, apologies, uh, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's the first time somebody's ever missed that. Yes, I I, <laughs> I believe I if I would have done it with a little more passion, I may have succeeded. But I'm not even gonna I'm I'm going to I'm going to bow out gracefully and just apologize. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Brett Booth as the uh, cover does the cover art and is the artist on this one, and it's uh, basically what they're doing. I, I like the concept, and that's why I'm interested. Uh, they're kind of taking some uh, storylines, or you know, from different. They're 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 jumping in from different eras in classic X Men stories. So it's basically. Um, oh, they're it, taking like a classic era team, but having a new story. Well, uh, here let me let me let me read you a little little blurb, and you'll kind of get a flavor for what I'm talking about. Break out yellow and blues, fire up the danger room, and snap on pouches as legendary X writers return to classic eras of the mutant superheroes in all new, in continuity stories set during your, their fan favorite runs. Gotcha. So this one. This one's going to center around Cyclops and Havoc. So, you know, that's to me, you know, the two guys, you know, with the, you know, you can involve the Star Chasers and the whole, like, uh, you know, the Shi'ar Empire and uh, their father being, a, you know, uh, basically a space pirate. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot of fodder there. Besides the fact that, you know, obviously just being the, you know, two hugely powerful characters, but. Uh, love the X-Men, um, love the idea of not only for guys like me being able to, you know, that have been with them all these years, getting to go back and revisit, but yet have some new and fresh material. But I think it's a great idea to get the imaginations of the younger audience going on some of these stories, because that's... The X-Men, I mean, like with most heroes, but especially with the X-Men, so much of some of their bigger storylines play a part in really 
accentuating, you know, who these characters are, like, you know, what they're made of, let's say. Um, so I'm really, uh, you know, I'm really anxious for them to, uh, to be coming into the MCU. And I think that, uh, if done right, the next couple months, um, and really years in, uh, in comics in Marvel comics, uh, you know, they could do some really fun stuff with these X-Men characters and, uh, and this seems like a good start. So, so I'm excited. So anyway. Yeah, I like that idea. I remember, um, I'm trying to remember what it was called. I want to say something, something games maybe, or I, I don't remember what it was, but there was one, um, uh, it was a Teen Titans story, and it was from the Wolfman and Perez era. Well, it wasn't from that. It was like this. It was they came back later and did like a graphic novel that was a story that was like like they're saying in continuity for that time. But it was a brand new story, yeah. and it was great. I loved you know because at that time, I mean it's that was files. my that yeah that was my original titans team that will always be you know my my titans but at that time it had long passed and there had been new versions of it and good versions of it but you know different ones so it was so cool to have like a a brand new it was like if you all of a sudden got an episode a brand new episode of your favorite show that had been canceled for 15 years um so yeah i love this idea good good pick all right yeah, that's uh, no, you 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 put it very well, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that next season of Firefly. I mean, my goodness. I hear it's coming. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, then on to the. Uh, I think you're really gonna like this pick. Uh, so on to uh, Marvel Unlimited. I've really uh, been digging into that, and I really like it. I really am reminded of some. Uh, some some oldies but goodies but this one uh i went back and got uh amazing spider-man annual number 16 it came out december 1st 1982 and it is the first appearance of captain marvel and the captain marvel of which i speak is monica rambo oh nice so yeah, like I said, I've just been really loving that character on the WandaVision show, and I, you know, I recognized the name and kind of got some juices flowing and went back. And yeah, I think I might have seen read that, it. like on one. I think I think I might have seen that on a banner on that or something. Um, yeah, they had they had actually have a they've kind of uh, curated a whole little set of some of her better stories. Cause I mean, she goes on sure. to, cause obviously a lot know, of people are going on and looking for information on that character right now. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in the comics, she goes on to, you know, be a big part of, I mean, she actually runs the Avengers for a little while. Cap puts her in charge. Um, so, uh, you know, and especially if they eventually start doing any kind of time jumping and stuff like that. And, you know, and again, I still expect huge things from her, this character in WandaVision. So, Anyway, but this was, uh, again, in Spider-Man. So he mistakes her. Um, you know, it's one of those mistaken identities, but it's a great little ride through the Marvel Universe. It starts with, uh, um, 
you know, his spider sense tingling. And he's, first of all, he's just blown away. He's like, oh my goodness, what a beautiful woman. What's she doing in this, you know, terrible rough neighborhood and so on and so forth. And, uh, um, uh, you know, she's in civilian clothes at the time, you know, and, but his spider sense is tingling. He's not sure. He's like, no way could, you know, she be, you know, why is this happening? And anyway, long story short, she's having some issues. Um, and she goes on to like is seeking help and you know he's mistakenly thinking that maybe she's you know after some of these you know she runs into the thing and she is on to the avengers and you know so on and so forth and they end up sorting everything out and they become fast friends and you know i remember actually that some of those team-ups between her and spider-man in uh when we were kids and like obviously well the 80s the um uh, oh, but the but the other reason why I bring this up is why she uh, originally went to uh, the Baxter Building and ran into the thing was she was seeking out Reed Richards for help because she was uh, because of this energy power that she has she was basically charging up too much and if if she wasn't able to keep it in check and were to lose control, she could blow up and, you know, take a lot, a lot of the city down with her. And, you know, she was seeking help, which she eventually found with the Avengers. But when she originally went to the Baxter building, seeking Reed Richards, my thought as I'm rereading this is potentially you set up, set Monica Rambo up as either you reveal her as already Captain Marvel or you make her Captain Marvel. And then what a beautiful way to incorporate Reed Richards and hence the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Now, I don't see it happening at the level of like a Disney Plus series. But yeah. at the same time, as we're kind of currently going through this evolution of cinema slash streaming... You know, are, are right. is, is Marvel maybe is the MCU going to try something really interesting and and experimental and ballsy? You know, so uh, well, and that's the so beautiful thing about this Disney Plus is because it's not like you know maybe maybe ten years ago if you were talking about you know doing something as a series, you would be saying, well, is this something that we can do? You know. 20 episodes a year for six or seven years of it doesn't have to be that anymore now you could just take something like that and make it a you know six episode limited series and make it awesome oh absolutely and, and be it be in and out and not have the Loving pressure it. of it having to be uh you know a, a five-year project loving it Loving it, absolutely. Yes, it's that's that's, the, that's, that's going to be thing I think streaming. the big win. That's going to be the big win at the end of the day. I think with these streaming platforms is that like it had already started to happen just with you know original series and stuff like that. But just the fact that that there are no longer these arbitrary time restraints and all of these things that were built around you know putting commercials in and 
you know, having productions have a summer vacation and, you know, having not news stuff in the summer because people aren't home watching TV and, you know, all of that bullshit that the, you know, TV Absolutely. and movie industries were built around. It's all off the table now. Now it's just about, you know, how much time do we need to tell this story in the yep. right way? I, I love all the points you make. And I think specifically like what resonates with me is I think of a, a, a trilogy I, I know and love uh, the Lord of the Rings. Yes. That was obviously at the time a very unique experiment in the fact that they basically shot them all, you know, concurrently and, and, and then kind of, you know, obviously did some camp, you know, did some shoots after, you know, cleaned them some things up, you know, did, their process was their process. Right. But what resonated with me was the idea of putting so much of that vision on film at one time, no matter how much or little they had to tweak down the road. And the success of that was great, you know, because it, it was still a gamble in the sense that they, you know, they kind of had to shoot it all. Where now, it makes sense to, you know, you can take these great, you know, whether it's, you know, classic sci-fi or fantasy or, or maybe even classic literature or different, you know, newer stuff, you know, different, different stuff. And you can not only shoot it like you said, not constrained by, you know, when it can be released, you know, what kind of time limit it has to have, you know, the whole rating system and stuff like that, you know, all of those arbitrary limitations. But like now you can, you know, I, I mean, uh, there's varying levels of it. Uh, maybe I can think of a better example, but just an immediate example I think of is like the Mandalorian, you know, where there's, you know, there's episodes that are as short as, you know, 30 minutes, but then there's ones that are, you know, 50 something or where you yeah. know, you're also allowed you know in series or in season flexibility and i really mm -hmm. like that and especially when it you know does eventually get into more uh you know uh uh expansive works of fiction or or you know epic type of uh classics so yeah, it's, it's still crazy because not not even just the time span, but like if you think about, you know, and they worked around it and it's all, all it's all that we knew. But if you look back on. And you don't even have to look back because there's still network television shows, but everything was also written like it had to have a certain thing that led up to the commercial and something that intrigued you enough to stay you know so even like within an episode like within this you know truncated like 22 minute thing that you had to cram in even within that you had to gear your story so that it had these unnatural peaks and valleys and stuff like that i don't know it's just yeah. we have it so much better now yeah oh, believe me I mean, I think of like, like how drastic some of the stuff is as far as like, you know, catering to the short attention span of the current viewer. I mean, like, 
especially like say on a Disney Plus where you have very current material with very you know with older classic material. So like you'll you'll pop on a classic Disney and they'll go through a, a a minute or two of credits where it's literally just people's names scrolling or you know flashing on the screen until it gets to a scene and maybe it's just like a shadow of somebody whistling down a street until it gets to you know the the actual opening scene you know whereas yeah. now you know it's like from the second a light comes on the screen, it's someone flying through to do something, this, that, and the other, or, you know, whatever. And you, you almost had like a little film, you know, before they even announced the title of the picture, you know, so it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know. There's, uh, yeah, we're, we yeah. definitely, we definitely it's get just a lot less, of It's for less buck. artificial now. Everything is just more, feels more artistic and less less artificial at least on those services you still like i always it it makes the ones that still have to adhere to the old style it makes it stick out even more now like even when i watch a show that i love like the flash you know it's it's still you know it's that kind of phony stakes that have to be driven up to each commercial break and stuff and 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 it's so like i mean even lucy who's 10 like she sees right through all that stuff like you know she mostly watches things on services that don't have commercials but we'll be watching something you know like on netflix that originally had commercials and anytime it gets to that point she'll be like oh that's where the commercial would be you know yep. like she points it out because like it just is so phony and so obvious yeah yeah there's certainly truth to that yeah so yeah all right what else you got okay and then last but not least uh i'm loving our new wild card pick of the week and it's wild this one it's wild it's wild man uh, I went ahead this past Sunday was the Super Bowl and I went ahead and signed up for the CBS All Access which is about to become Paramount Plus on March 4th and uh, great game uh, the GOAT Tom Brady got another one uh, yeah. congratulations uh, Michigan alum uh, we're we're big, or at least I'm a fan. I don't want to speak for you. Yes, but, yes. But I, I uh, impressive. It, so it's anyway, nice to see the guy catching a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The uh, so then uh, since I had the service um, now, I went ahead and I had heard about, but had not yet uh, been able to to take a look at Star Trek Lower Decks, and. Yeah. Uh, and as you know, I'm a giant uh, animation fan, and uh, it is fantastic. I don't want to get you know any spoilers away. I mean, it's ten episodes. You can you can knock it out quick, and and you'll be the better for it. It's uh, it absolutely is funny and kind of irreverent in the right ways, but yet it it there's a level of respect for you know the tradition that is Star Trek so they really strike a nice balance and uh, as you referenced earlier um, 
uh, our love of the boys, and a big reason for that is uh, is the Huey character, and he's uh, portrayed by Jack Quaid, who's a relative newcomer who I'm just digging and just very impressed with him. Uh, yeah. Well, he's he's voicing one of the two main characters, uh, along with uh, Tawny Newsom, I believe, is the is the main lead, um, and. Uh, just good stuff. I, I I won't even really tip the tip the hand on the premise, but it's 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 a Star Trek comedy, an animated well, Star I'm Trek in the sa- comedy. But it's it's just I, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. I was gonna say I'm in the same boat as you, as are probably a lot of people listening. You know, with the CBS All Access, because I think a lot of people probably signed up for that for the Super Bowl and and are sitting on that now for a little bit um so i'll go binge it and hopefully some of the listeners will too and then uh, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit next week at the top of the show so i'm excited about it I, I, I was glad that you pointed out that it was on there because you know i was pumped to you know while i had it to go back and finish picard and all of that stuff that that i've been enjoying but uh yeah i definitely want to check out lower decks yeah. You will not only enjoy it as you watch it, but you will. We will enjoy discussing it. So I, Sweet. I look forward to that. All right, we will get into that next week. Well, I think we had some awesome picks this week, dude. I think that uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like all those things that you mentioned, I'm going to go back and check out. I already had that uh, while you were talking about it. I pulled up that Spider-Man annual on Marvel. That looks pretty sweet. I'm going to go back and. It's a good read. You'll like it. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Come back next week. We'll have some new picks for you. And uh, make sure you share the show with your friends. Follow us on social media. And uh, come back and listen next week. Shavy D, final thoughts? Good show, Tobe. Uh, can't wait for next week. And uh, I hope everybody uh, you know enjoys our picks. All right. Until then, I'm Toby Shaver. I'm Shavy D. See you next time.